Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks to everybody who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Wednesday, October 17th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From a place filled with brand new poker chips, I'm Scott Johnson. And I'm Roger Chang. And poker chips? This is your Kickstarter, yeah, right? My Kickstarter's coming in finally, and all the bo- boxes are arriving, and it's about to get crazy around here. But uh, yeah, it's all good. It means we're shifting. Don't 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 lose them all tonight in a big bet. That's my <laughs> no, dude. That's the problem. I shouldn't. Gamblers shouldn't do Kickstarters for poker cards. <laughs> don't play with your own chips, is what they say. Yeah. Uh, we are going to actually continue our conversation from yesterday, although Patrick Beja is not here. Scott Johnson is, and we're going to talk about streaming services that don't involve games, or at least uses of streaming services, and where that might fit into your world, including. Progressive web apps, although that's not exactly a streaming service. We'll introduce you to that concept and tell you how it all ties in. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Skydio is selling its R1 autonomous drone for $1,999 at U.S. Apple stores. The drone can be controlled from an Apple Watch, letting you set commands like follow or orbit. Mm, as long as I don't steer it with my watch. Uh, Baidu is the first Chinese company to join the partnership on AI, which develops ethical guidelines for AI research. It already has Google, Apple, and Facebook as members, and they joined up. Speaking of some of those, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Mozilla have announced a unified plan to deprecate the use of TLS 1.0 and 1.1 by March 2020. Uh, that's the protocol you use to keep your web connection secure. Uh, it's the little lock uh, TLS is built on SSL, which it has replaced in securing browser connections, and sites are being given advice to switch to TLS 1.2 or 1.3, again, by March 2020. A lot of Apple news today. Analyst Ming-Chi Kuo now agrees with a Bloomberg report from April that said Apple could switch to ARM-based processors for its Macs as early as 2020. Kuo points out that TSMC, which makes the A-series chips for Apple mobile devices, would stand to benefit. That's almost more TSMC news than than it is Apple news. Right. Uh, Especially if you're working for TSMC. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Facebook. we got a couple of Facebook stories. Uh, Scott has the first. Well, Facebook admitted in September 2016 that it had inflated average video viewing figures 
by not counting uh, views less than three seconds. At the time, it said it had discovered the issue one month before the August or before August 2016. I remember this. Uh, however, a company called LLE1 is suing Facebook, and it's a, as a part of the, uh, the court proceedings for this thing. Got to review internal Facebook records. Lawyers for the case now say Facebook knew about the inflation in January of 2015 and that it resulted in a 150 to 900% rise in average time, not 60 to 80, as Facebook had claimed. Uh, the two sides will appear before U.S. District Judge Jeffrey White in a uh, Oakland court on December 14th, 2018 at 9 a.m., that's a big jump, to 60 to 80 to 150 to 900. Yeah. That's no small uh, change there in your numbers. So let's go back over this real quickly. Facebook said in September that a month ago, we realized uh, that we weren't counting views less than three seconds in the average viewing time. And of course, if you get rid of everything that's three seconds, suddenly the average jumps, right? Because three seconds would bring the average down. So they said, we apologize for this. We fixed it. But... LLE1 at all, by the way, there's other people as part of the suit. Sued fa- It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit Anthropic.com slash Claude today. Facebook for this saying, nah, we think something shady's going on here. You were trying to trick us into buying ads. It didn't affect ads directly, but it could have convinced someone to buy ads because they saw, oh, that's your view time. That's pretty good. Uh, we want to be part of that. So they, in as part of discovery for the court case, found internal records that indicate that Facebook engineers knew about this back in 2015. So more than a year before Facebook announced it had had discovered it. Uh, you, you know, the obvious, if you're LLE one is they were lying and covering it up. Uh, usually the answers are not quite that simple. I wonder if it was engineers trying to tell their bosses something that the bosses are like, that's not important. While the advertising people weren't hearing about it and going out with the bigger number. 
Well, as you know, we all work in internet video. We all know that uh, the ad space is still a bit of a Wild West situation. And I, I think my, my, my initial question is, is, is this something to sue Facebook over? If Facebook just was like, eh, I don't know, like the three second people or people who clicked on something by accident, because that's all it is, right? It's either like you go like, oh, this is not what I wanted, or I clicked on it by accident. I'm going out. I'm not going to watch any ad that might be associated with this video. Okay, well, that's something that an advertiser obviously wants to know about. But is Facebook suable for not providing that information just because the advertiser did, didn't really understand what was going on with the analytics. Yes, I think they are. If if okay. you can show in court that Facebook used that average view time to convince you to buy an ad you otherwise wouldn't have, and and it was before 2016 when they knew about it but weren't saying, then yeah, I think you could. Yeah, I think they might have a case. We'll have to see. I hope... Uh... That must be a nightmare, discovery. I just want to put that out there. I've been involved in one other court case where I had to help with some discovery stuff. It was unreal. I wasn't being sued, but never been a part of a bigger pain in my butt in my life than that. So I know it's a big company. Everyone's got lawyers, a million legal people all running around doing stuff. It sounds terrible to me. Well, since we're talking about Facebook, let's talk about another story. When Facebook announced its portal voice-activated speaker, the company told Recode no data would be collected through portal to be used for targeting ads. Facebook has since corrected itself, noting that while Portal itself won't collect data for ad targeting, the services it uses might. And in the case of Facebook Messenger, which is used for placing calls, it definitely will, since Messenger does that now already. Portal itself, however, will not run ads. Yeah, so this is, again, I think it's the same thing going on. One part of the company not knowing what the other part is doing. The Portal people were like, we're not going to run ads. We're not collecting any data from the use of portal. So you can say there won't be any data collection. And the messenger people are like hearing that going, well, well, hold on. Messenger collects data. I mean, it always has. So you're running messenger on portal. Technically, there's going to be some data collected and any third party app you run like Spotify or something might be collecting data too. It's a, it's a case of just not thinking it through, I guess. Well, when your company is big enough to be basically multiple companies in one, and they're certainly not the only, um, organization out there that you can point to that has this problem these days. Uh, I think this just happens. You know, engineering doesn't talk to PR. PR doesn't talk to art department. Art department doesn't talk to accounting. And that they should, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. And you end up with these kinds of weird messaging. And I, I, guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is not that Facebook is off the hook. Like, well, so no, no harm done. It's I don't think it's because Facebook is maliciously trying to figure out how to make themselves look bad in the public. They're just not very good at this stuff sometimes. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah. Uh, in the Netflix earnings report, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings had a lot to say about new Fox. Now, that is not a Fox with a different sweetener that will eventually become classic Fox. Uh, and instead is the part of Fox that Disney isn't buying. Uh, so, Fox's broadcast channels, Fox News, Fox Business, the national sports channels, for the most part. Hastings said in the Netflix earnings report, new Fox appears to have a great strategy, which is to focus on large, simultaneous viewing sports and news. Other linear networks are likely to follow this model over time. He's basically saying, look, you can try to compete with us. We're killing it. We're the entertainment source if you just want to sit down and pick something in your own time. The only way to compete and stay alive is what New Fox is doing, which is do the stuff we're not going to do, live news and sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 
my my impression of uh, this comment from him is my first impression was, oh, we're going to get this is him inching more toward talking about live stuff on Netflix. But that's not what this is. No, and this- they've actually he's actually said in a different venue. Well, Ted Sarando said it, not Hastings, but right. has said like, yeah, live stuff isn't very entertaining. So we wouldn't do that. Interesting thing to say. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> well, he was talking about the, really uh, the he was talking about the the Supreme Court uh, nomination hearings. He's like, that's not us. That's we don't well, do news. He, he wasn't talking about sports and stuff. But well, that that and that's fine. And Netflix is you know Netflix has been doing quite well over the last few years. However, there are certain things that I don't get from Netflix, and a lot of that has to do with live appointment programming. So. For Hastings to be sort of saying, oh, you know, you know what New Fox is doing really well is this live stuff. Doesn't mean they're gonna, get, you know, acquire that or or merge or or anything of the sort. But I do think that um, there is no way that Netflix executives aren't talking about how to incorporate something like this, especially with with uh with youtube television and uh, and some of the other offerings that have actually become really advantageous uh, uh, particularly monetarily for a lot of us who you I, know have that record. I I read this earnings report as them putting down their foot and saying yeah we are not going into that space. Yeah. Uh, we think mm-hmm. that is the other thing that you want to get alongside Netflix. Uh, if you want, if you're trying to be Warner Media and create a Netflix competitor, you're screwed. We're going to dominate that. But and I think he's right that there will be two types of services in the future, maybe three. One service is like Netflix, on demand stuff I want to watch, I get to pick it. Live, which is YouTube TV, which is which is uh, potentially Fox Now, uh, a Fox Now branded service, and then the the wholesaler like Amazon where they're like we have our own thing but we also can let you add on HBO and stars and other stuff if you just want to have it all in one bill yeah it does kind of seem like that I don't know I think uh the idea of live stuff on Netflix is probably not going to come in the way we think they're working on that build your own adventure stuff and uh other strange little ideas that maybe are a little outside of what we're thinking of so uh, I'm, I'm with Tom but I'm also I also think it's crazy to think that Netflix won't experiment they probably will uh the website privacy.apple.com it's just such a common bookmarkable name now includes the ability for apple users to search what data apple stores about them and download it all right so you want to go over there and find out what they got on you hot dang it's your it's your lucky day it includes things like cloud bookmarks itunes purchases and your apple care support history apple also launched the intelligent tracking prevention to reduce ad targeting and changed browser settings to combat fingerprinting. Um, I, I kid around a little bit here, but I actually really am excited about this. Uh, also a little nervous um, to see all the stuff that I bought over the years. We're done. Uh, it's it's Apple doubling down on we're the people who really do respect your privacy. We're going to make it, as part of GDPR, easier for you to see what data we have about you and even download it and sift through it. So you can search to say, do they know this about me? Or you can just download it all and look at it all at your own leisure. Uh, but, you know, I, it's not a bad thing. And uh, they kind of have to do it uh, for Europe. But making it available for everybody is a smart move because people are at least the buzz is that people are very concerned about privacy. And there are some vocal people who are. I'm on the page right now, uh, just so people know what you get when you log in. Uh, you can get a copy of all your data. You can correct any of your data if you mm. think of your personal information is wrong. There's a deactivate your account, which in theory means your account stays 
intact, just deactivated. And then the final option is delete your account, which says it will permanently delete your account and any associated data from Apple services. So in, if, in theory, if you really wanted to rage quit Apple, you could get rid of it all in a single click here, it looks like. And if you don't believe Apple doesn't track you, this this is supposed to help prove it. Like, look, we don't have your your tracking information in here. And we even launched these new programs to help combat tracking in, if you're using Safari anyway. Yeah. Oh, man. There's a huge list here, you guys. I'm scared. I don't want to look at it. All right. But why, well, why are you scared? Like, you're scared of your iTunes purchase history? Well, you purchase know what it, stuff. I'll, I'll tell you what it is, Sarah. A couple of years ago, or maybe not even that long ago, maybe less than a year ago, I was curious about what I have spent over time mm. on and Steam has this little algorithm you can run that'll say, all right, we've checked against your account. Here's everything you've spent. Here's everything you have. And it's this big list. And I went in there thinking, oh, it won't be too bad. It was kind of nightmarish how many times I bought something even small and it added up <laughs> on, on Steam. So this gives me the same kind of list. I'm a little trepidatious. Okay. But that's like kind of like logging into your Wells Fargo account and being like, huh, been paying too much for coffee for the last <laughs> like couple of years. You know, I mean... I get it. I get it. Yeah, I just yeah. I just don't like to know. There, there's a thing you can do in World of Warcraft where you can hit slash played. Mm. I do not recommend you do it if you want to never understand how much actual time you played in a video game because it is kind of shocking to your system and it does it in days. So it'll say, you know, you've played 600 days. That's 600 <laughs> solid 24-hour days. This That kind of information is sometimes best left out of my eye. So you don't like the screen time uh, feature on iOS, huh? Actually, you know what? I do like it. Oh, okay. Because I do not. Because it makes me seem like a freak. You know, see, this is what's fun about it, though, or what I like about it. It is, isn't it? It's it's not like it's saying, hey, for the last 10 years, here's your screen time. That I don't want. I do like that Mm. it says, hey, in the last seven days, you really had too much Twitter time. I like being told that because I can, I can make a decision and actually change course. If, if that's what is something I want. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. All kidding aside, I, there have been some time where it's like your average screen time is, you know, three and a half hours a day or something like that, where I'm like, really? That's a lot. I know I use it for work and everything, but hmm, it's a lot. All right, moving on. Samsung launched Exynos Auto Chips and ISOCell Auto Image Sensors, expanding its chip line outside mobile devices. The Exynos line will include chips devoted to driver assistance, infotainment, and telematics. ISOCell sensors including three mo- include three models that range from 960p to 4K. Samsung also announced it has acquired Z-Labs, a Spanish analytics company that uses AI to help carriers monitor network performance down to the in- individual subscriber level. Samsung also added that Z-Labs will operate as a fully owned subsidiary. So... So just just good to know kind of stuff. Samsung uh, moving its chip business into auto. We talked yesterday about ARM uh, launching a more fully funded R&D effort uh, towards different uses of ARM outside of mobile devices. Uh, this is the wide new world of chip making where Intel doesn't dominate every market. And uh, Samsung very wisely wants to get into the automotive market. That's a That's a good growth area to be in. As people believe that self-driving cars and at the very least smart car fleets are going to become the wave of the future. And another wave of the future is 5G. And so buying a company that can help a carrier understand and and maximize its brand new 5G network that's a brave new world. uh, Another good money move for Samsung, I believe. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, who doesn't? Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right, we didn't talk about Chrome 70 uh, coming out for Windows, Mac, and Linux, and it includes the option to turn off that automatic sign-in. If you didn't like that signing into the Chrome browser also signed you into YouTube and Gmail and everything else, uh, you can turn that off so that when you sign into one, it doesn't automatically sign you in the other, although it remains the default option in Chrome 70. It also has an AV1 decoder. That's a, a great open platform for video. The ability to restrict extensions access to websites. So if there's an extension that you like, but you don't trust and you want to make sure it doesn't access any website other than the one it's supposed to, you can do that. And Chrome 70 supports something called progressive web apps on Windows, uh, which can be launched from the start menu. Progressive web apps for desktop particularly. Progressive web apps are interesting. Uh, Google will extend desktop PWA support to Mac, Linux, and, uh, and Mac and Linux and Chrome in Chrome 72. It already does it in Chrome OS. And if you're like, hold on, what's progressive web app to begin with? It loads like a regular web page, but it can act like an app. It can work offline. It can deliver push notifications. It can access your device hardware in a way that a native app would, but a web page normally doesn't. And because it's using various standards to do this, it works in any browser. Uh, it doesn't. It, it doesn't have to work in a particular browser as long as the browser supports standards. So a progressive web app will work in Safari. It'll work in Edge. It'll work in Chrome. However, app-like features such as independence of connectivity, working offline, installing to the home screen like an app uh, or the start menu, push messaging, that depends on browser support. So if you go to the PWA directory, the official progressive web app directory at pwa-directory.appspot.com slash PWAS, you can find a lot of progressive web apps and they'll work in whatever browser you put on them, but only in Chrome OS and now in Windows 10, in Chrome 70, could you install them? And installing them means they'll work offline and they'll work like an app. The idea, uh, Scott, is that you have something that's pushed down from the internet that works no matter what device you're using, which got us talking on the morning stream this morning about the idea of, well, what if I don't even want to have it downloaded at all? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we... <laughs> It's funny, we all laughed at Steve Jobs in 2007 and 8 when he was trying to explain why they wouldn't have native apps, at least not right away. And he kept saying, oh, web apps, they're the future, that's the thing. And then they went ahead and made a hugely successful app store that continues to this day and seemed to sort of squash any ideas that Steve Jobs had about apps or the future of them. But I think maybe now, maybe he was just a little ahead of his time or maybe he just got lucky with what's happening now because this makes perfect sense to me. What happened with our conversation this morning as it started to fan out a little bit, I had some time. I know Patrick talked about it, but I had some time with Assassin's Creed via Chrome. Uh, and I was really blown away by how well that went. And it got me to thinking about outside of gaming, what are the possibilities? Uh, I subscribe to Adobe CC, the creative suite, and I need it for almost everything I do uh, from audio and video production all the way over to everything I do with uh, art stuff. And so the idea that one day, hopefully soon, uh, I could have a, a, a thinner client, uh, say a, a, a crummier notebook or anything with a screen on it with a, with a way to connect to the internet at speeds needed to make this happen, that I could log into something like Photoshop on a tablet 
and use native Photoshop to create the stuff I'm creating and have local files that sync with cloud files and do it in a way that is so seamless that you don't even think about it. This is just the way you run your apps now. That's an enormous change to the business where there's a lot of compatibility questions all throughout the chain of production. This now limits it to more of a uh, one-to-many service, and you just have to have compatibility on the one. And then the many, uh, the only breaking compatibility could be internet connection. And as they improve how that works and what buffers, what doesn't, uh, how you deal with the latency issues that gaming is, you know, quite frankly, pushing forward, they roll that stuff into regular app usage. And before you know it, you're just renting services to, to, to use everything. And I heard somebody this morning in our chat room go, I'll just keep using Google Docs. Thank you very much. And I went, no, no, that is what yeah. you, I mean, you are. You're just in one of the footprints leading us to this other yeah. thing that they're using a more limited version of what we're talking about. Exactly. exactly. In you're fact, just cloud-based stuff, which, you know, 10 years ago, people would have laughed at the idea of Google Docs being ubiquitous and as functional as it is. So I just see that as another step toward this this idea where we just don't think about it, Tom. I run Photoshop. It's not pulling any resources on my side other than the minimums. It's not taking up four to six gigabytes of storage just to run the thing. It's not taking tons of RAM and memory. I'm just using the cloud for all of it. And that's really exciting. And and I think the thing that ties them together, Assassin's Creed is the thing that ties them together, right? You were playing a game in Chrome, uh, right. which... which is like playing an app in Chrome. It's not a progressive web app, but it's the same idea of it doesn't matter what operating system I'm on anymore. Uh, if if progressive web apps take off, I can just use whatever I have and get the same selection of apps and the developers only have to code them once uh, and it'll be great. Uh, however, the step beyond that is like what Blade provides. We've talked about this before on the show. Blade is a French company that markets itself as gaming, but essentially just rents you a Windows machine with a 1080, I think it's a 1080 uh, NVIDIA processor, uh, uh, so that you can have a really powerful computer and use it on your crappy laptop uh, because it's just streaming it to you. So you you can essentially rent a powerful computer without having to buy a new powerful computer, which is the same idea of, I don't, again, have to think about what computer I'm using, what device I have, I can still get maximum quality from it. Uh, So there's something similar between both of these ideas that I think could point the way to the future. There, there's some impediments to both things, which is basically adoption. Uh, Mm. But from what we can tell, what Patrick was talking about with gaming yesterday, there's no reason that if the latency is short enough to play games that you couldn't use it for office and Photoshop and even video editing like Premiere. Oh, absolutely. And there's some cool scaling that's happening now. Like we've come a long, long way from on live, uh, which was really innovative and cool when it hit, but you know, huge changes have happened since then on how this stuff works on local networks, on broader networks, on the internet itself, like how you can reduce latency on lower speed connections, improve that experience uh, give the user more control over that sort of thing. Like we're getting there and all the old fears are still there. Well, that, what's to stop them? If they turn it off for me, they're turning it off for everybody and there's nothing I can do about it. Or what if my ISP goes down? These are all valid questions, but like any service that you demand uptime from, they'll either get your money or they won't. And they'll work real hard to keep it and have 99.9% uptime. 
and hopefully your hopefully ice cube falls five in line, nines, but, but yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. But like 9.9 would be pretty bad. <laughs> it would be, but like the idea of, 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 of these things, like I just ask people to take their brains, go back a decade and look at how you felt about digital only games, movies, and TV shows and music and how you were like, well, I don't like that. I like to have it on my shelf on a CD. And there's, there's people in the audience right now saying I am that way right now. And you and you will be because there's always a long tail and it takes forever to change. This is like self-driving cars or any of these texts we talk about. Tapes. I'm, I'm going to add something really quick, just to short on time. Uh, this is kind of going back to the whole kind of client-server model, where back in the day you would ask, you would access whatever was on the server from a dumb terminal. You didn't need any real smarts in in the interface that you were using because everything was happening on the back end. And in in a way, that's kind of what we see right now kind yeah. of Larry Ellison's net PC. No, it's always, like, it's always yeah. been there. It, it's all a matter of resources and application, whether the application could run remotely or not. And in the old terminal days, it's the only way it could happen. You didn't, you didn't have the ability to afford to give everyone their own computer on their desktop, but then that got really cheap. And suddenly it was like, well, we don't have the bandwidth to do what we can do on a desktop for everyone over their terminal. So it swung the other way. It's as the pendulum might be swinging back now. We shall see. I love it. I think this stuff's great. We should all embrace it and quit acting like they're taking something away from us. I think it's very yeah. exciting. Wait, were they acting that way? <laughs> I don't know. I may have just built a straw man and said it right there. <laughs> stop that straw man. You stop <laughs> acting that way. I don't like it. Well, thanks everybody who participates in our subreddit. You are not straw men. Any of you? No. Or women. <laughs> Submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. Hang out with us there if you like. Facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's see what's in the mailbag, Sarah. Well, you know, it's funny. Craig wrote in and echoed something that Scott said just a few minutes ago. Craig says, I was invited by Ubisoft to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey on Project Stream. I started playing yesterday and found it to be virtually flawless. After this experience, I feel comfortable saying game streaming has arrived. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just to, to tack on to the end of that, my experience of that was, with that was similar. And I was shocked that it worked as well as it did because part of my brain knew I launched it in Chrome of all places. Mm-hmm. And then now it's full screen yeah. and running like I've got some hot, fully decked out state of the art gaming PC and I didn't have any lag. It was incredible. And I, I know there's been other technologies like this, but to do that in a browser on an old Mac uh, notebook uh, on a so okay sort of Wi-Fi connection was kind of mind blowing. So we're, uh, in the gaming space anyway, I think this stuff's going to happen sooner because it'll get to the point where you're just having a great experience and you don't need to argue about whether it's fast enough or whatever. It just will be. And I think he's right. Therefore, I think I'm right. <laughs> and as far as we know, Craig is in no way made of straw. No, but it's Halloween time. But, so I understand why. Wait, made of straw right Craig now. wants to be a scarecrow for Halloween. That sure. Is yeah, we're not taking that away from him. That is fine. For uh, th- thank you for the feedback and everybody who gives us feedback uh, every day. You help us make our show better. Also, thanks to Scott Johnson for all your witty prose and not being a straw man ever as well. Uh, tell folks where they can keep up with your other work. Well, I'd rather have witty prose than witty cons. Anyway, a <laughs> uh, lot going on. Uh, man, this Kickstarter fulfillment is going to be the big thing here for a little bit. But if you are going to BlizzCon this year, uh, which is in a couple of weeks in Anaheim, California, uh, do find me. I have these great stickers I'm giving away that uh, we're only going to be for that event, and I don't have millions of them. So if you see me there, do not be afraid. Come up, say hi. I'll give you a sticker, and uh, you can enjoy it. If you have, have uh, questions about why does any of this matter to me, 
go over to frogpants.com and you will likely find out why. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Scott Johnson. There are all kinds of ways you can choose to support Daily Tech News Show, and they're listed at dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. You can either just subscribe. Most of you are just subscribed to the public feed, and you're supporting us that way. Uh, you can tell your friends. You can also support more directly and get some perks like longer versions of the show, ad-free versions of the show at patreon.com slash DTNS. Uh, we even have a store. If you, if you want to show off your DTNS love, uh, buy a hat or a shirt or a sweatshirt at dailytechnewsshow.com slash store. I can tell you these are comfy hats. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then. is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs> Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.